We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Golf Strong Podcast. My name is Dr. Jackson Taylor. I am joined today by none other than himself, Dr. Tim Rivoto. Tim, what's going on? Nothing, just uh, enjoying a sunny Monday after a lovely 4th of July. How about yourself? Yeah, it's uh, not sunny. The state of Florida has been real rainy for the last long time. Now we've got like a tropical storm about to roll through. We're just going to get more rain because why not? It's got to rain here all the time. So didn't play golf today because of the rain. It's just anyways. It's all right. It's the summertime. It'll get it'll get better. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you have a good fourth. Good fourth. It rained here, unfortunately, but uh, it cleared up yesterday afternoon around five o'clock. So we got the we got the 60 degrees in rain. I'm, I'm sure it was a little warmer down in Florida. Oof. Yeah, it was 90 degrees. Yeah. It did clear so. up for the fireworks, though. That's what matters. Fireworks were clear. It looked good. It was beautiful. They had good. a huge, from where we are, you can see the beach downtown and like another place all at the same time. It looked like this giant smoke screen last night. It was awesome. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, they canceled our that town fireworks, but we had we had plenty of personal fireworks, so it was good to go. Nah, of course. Good to go. Py- pyrotechnics in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's awesome. So we are talking about why strength matters in golf today. This is going to be, I mean, we've only had two podcasts, but this is going to be the most exciting topic thus far of the two podcasts. Uh, Strength training is demonized or it was demonized a lot with golf. It still is very misunderstood. There's a lot of bad information out there. All the time we hear people talk about, well, I don't want to get hurt and strength training is going to hurt my back and you know, I'm going to blow a disc out if I'm squatting and uh, you hear all of these things. And those are general, those are real concerns that people have. We're going to do a little uh, debunking of some of those today and tell you why strength training really matters in golf. So we're going to go through a few topics, uh, one being the misconceptions about strength training for golfers. We're going to define strength, kind of give you what that means, and then talk about why strength matters truly for the golfer and lay those out for you quickly. So, uh, Let's start out with misconceptions. Tim, what are you know some of the big misconceptions that we see around strength training and then how that applies to to golfers specifically? Yeah, I think the biggest one that I hear uh, when I talk to folks that are interested in starting to work with me and that sort of thing is I'm nervous that I'm going to get stiff and my golf swing is going to suffer as a result. And, uh, I, I think we agree that's nothing could be further from the truth, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're programming appropriately, if your form is, uh, of a certain, you know, adequacy and, you know, you're, you're not overdoing it or you're not just doing, you know, a kind of a bodybuilding style program, you actually can increase your range of motion if you're, uh, if, if you're doing things appropriately. I won't argue that point whatsoever. One of my favorite hamstring stretches is the Romanian deadlift or the dumbbell RDL or any kind of RDL. It's my favorite hamstring exercise. I can remember talking to a patient, which this probably happens every week, and I'm sure you've done the same, where they're like, well, I need to be more flexible. And I said, right. I said, let me ask you something. If you have enough flexibility to bend over and touch your toes, I was like, that's great, right? I was like, but what happens if you have to pick up a 30-pound box from the ground? Your flexibility is awesome, but do you have any strength to pick up that box from the ground? 
If the answer is no, what's your flexibility worth? Just having more flexibility? Because it's not actually useful. You don't just touch your toes for the sake of touching your toes. I don't think. Maybe some people do that. It ain't me. But that is a big thing is the thought that I'm going to become more stiff. It's going to make my golf swing a little more rigid. There's no truth to that statement. You know, full range of motion exercise is a fabulous way to improve your overall range of motion, which another day we will discuss that even further. But I think the other thing that I hear a lot is I don't need to be strong to play good golf. And people might point at the John Daly's of the world. I know you and I had talked about Patrick Reed, who's just not, not a big exerciser. Like you hear all these things. And at the end of the day, that's not false. You don't have to be strong to play golf by no means. But if you want a better life, being strong goes a long way. And at the end of the day, it also is going to help you play better golf. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But nothing is further from the truth that, well, yes, if you're strong, it doesn't mean you're going to play better golf. And if you're weak, it doesn't mean you're going to play bad golf. It's just the fact that it's not going to make your golf game suffer. You know, being strong doesn't hurt your golf game. It can improve your golf game and make your life better. That's a common fallacy we hear from everybody. You know, do there are any others that you hear commonly? No, I think that's that's one of the biggest ones, you know, because you don't you, you're right. You don't have to be strong. You can it's kind of, I liken it to baseball sometimes. Right. You see some of these baseball players who are overweight and slow and but they can hit the shit out of the ball. Right. Yeah, same with true. same with golfers. You don't have to be strong. But, you know, I usually lay it out to people. Well, OK, so you want to play your Saturday morning round with with your guys or or with the ladies. What do you have to do the rest of the day? right? Are you just going to be late? Are you okay with being sore in your back or something like that? Or just being so tired that you can't mow your lawn or you can't, you know, go out with friends and, and hang out on the beach or something like that. Cause a way to put more life in your days is to increase that strength, increase that your, your body's capacity to, to do things right. To in the least scientific terms possible. Um, and, you know, the, the more stuff you can do with your body without getting tired, the better off you are. So. Can argue that point. Can argue that point. And I think to that end, people also get caught up in, I have to lift big weights, or I don't want to use barbells, or I don't use all of this, you know, I don't want all this big weights. I don't, I don't want to have to do that. And then the other one is, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be bulky. I just want to be tone and I want to have enough flexibility, but I don't want to get all big and bulky, you know, like all these big bodybuilders are. And I think people have this weird misconception that strength training means that you're trying to become a bodybuilder or lifting weights only equates to, you know, powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. Like it's, it's this weird thing that I think we've created somehow or another. I don't really know what that is. The men's health magazines or whatever it ends up being, but people have this weird idea that, being strong means you have to be big and bulky and look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And that's just not the case. I mean, I have plenty of clients just like you do who they only do body weight stuff because that's what they have accessible to them. But we're still mm -hmm. working on strength. We're still getting them stronger. So there's this giant misconception that you have to lift big heavy weights and do all these, you know, pick a barbell up over your head. And I've, that's not the truth. Do we use those things? Of course, they're assets. But strength doesn't require the use of barbells. It doesn't require the use of certain bands or dumbbells or this big gym subscription. It's just not the way it is. 
And that's something that I see a lot, especially with, you know, female golfers that I work with. I don't want to be bulky. Mm -hmm. So what do I do about that? And it takes some time to really, and we'll, I'm sure we'll have a podcast talking specifically about, you know, maybe gender differences and how those affect training. Um, but you're not going to get big and bulky strength training. That's just not the way that those things work. And so breaking down those things can be difficult for people. Absolutely. That's, that's where I like, uh, uh, the trainer out and he's out in Vegas now. He used to be in San Diego, Brett Contreras. So yeah. he's made, he's made his name as the glute guy, right? So he does everyone or a lot of, a lot of women follow him on Instagram and do his programs and they want to, you know, have uh, a bigger, better looking backside and that sort of thing. But recently he's been posting a lot more about how a lot of his clients are actually losing weight. They're getting more tone. And they're doing more strength focused movements. So a lot of these, a lot of his clients are doing the heavy lifting, right? They're having big squat numbers, big deadlift numbers, they're overhead pressing, but some of them aren't. And they're just doing, you know, they're just lifting weights intelligently and they might, he's had a couple of posts in the last couple of weeks where some of these women are the same weight that they started, that they were when they started with him. And they have the, these before and after pictures and the differences are just amazing. So a lot of them are leaner and they're, they're stronger than they ever have been. So, um, you know, you can do, well, I'm sure we'll have another podcast on, on the parameters, right. But the amount of weight you're lifting is just one piece of the equation. You can change up your, the speed that you're moving with. You can change up, you know, the, the position you can, you know, there's so many things you can play with outside of just how heavy stuff is. Um, and, you know, I think that that helps a lot of people, especially if they're if they don't feel comfortable in a gym or um, they're not familiar with the gym and they just have a couple of things at home. You know, it's totally doable. Absolutely. And I think something to consider beyond that, too, is that if you think of like track athletes, like your 100 meter runner cannot be big and bulky. Right. They they can get big like they're obviously they're very ripped. But if you look at these sprinters, like they're very cut up and they look a bit muscular, but they're not heavy and they are extremely strong, extremely strong athletes. You know, a lot of times we compare to track and field athletes and we think of something like shot put. And some of these people are just monsters, mm -hmm. but it benefits them to be kind of heavy. Even golfers, there's something to say for if you're a little bit bigger, sometimes that can help you from a you know ground reaction force stand or standpoint but you look at guys like rory and justin thomas they're little guys but they are very strong and it benefits them to get and they they're working out all the time but they're not gaining 50 60 70 pounds no so it's it's not necessarily a must-have thing so it is something that we like to break up in in that world so those are our misconceptions for now we're going to take a short break and by short break i mean we need to tell you about who brought the episode to us? So this episode is brought to you by none other, Black Rifle Coffee Company. We're not sponsored. They don't give us any money for these things, but they're a veteran-owned company, and they make the absolute best coffee there is around. I'm a subscriber. I get it every month. I'm smoking through this Liberty Medium coffee right now. Actually, this is about to get opened. Uh, my other one, a scapegoat, is getting rocked right now but again best coffee in the land i love them we're not sponsored by them but if you want some good coffee great veteran-owned businesses or business uh they have proceeds that go to veterans and we have a we have a big heart for that in this little golf strong group so if you get a chance check out black rifle coffee company and get you some 
American made deliciousness. I've got my first package coming in two days. I cannot yes. wait. Cannot yes. wait. We've got Tim sold on it. We've been subscribers <laughs> now for a while, and it's just it's the absolute best. If you're a golfer and you just need to be on that coffee life, maybe not the Phil Mickelson coffee life, but <laughs> the coffee life nonetheless, then then jump on that and, and we'll make it happen. Let's talk our second topic here and let's talk about what is strength. What is what is we talked about the misconceptions? Let's talk about what is strength. So Tim, give us the definition of strength. What does it mean? Yeah, so simply put, strength is just your ability to produce force. The your your absolute maximal ability to produce force and you know, we typically think of it if you're talking about in the gym as to lift a weight, but it can be in any in any capacity. So your ability to put force into the ground and jump or um or that sort of thing. So it's just your muscles ability to produce as much force as possible. Right. And we'll delineate that from power where power is how quickly you can move said weight. Strength doesn't care about how long something takes. So if that weighs a hundred pounds and you have to pick it up to your waist, it doesn't care if it takes you 30 seconds or a second, you have the strength to pick it up right? That's what we're talking about when it comes to strength, which is why it doesn't necessarily require a barbell or dumbbells or something like that. Strength is just your ability to move against a resistance. It's having that kind of ability, which is important for us to understand. Um, You know, in golf, really our prerequisite is, can you pick up the golf club? Is the answer yes? Well, you have the strength to pick up a golf club. Now, do you have the strength to wield said golf club is a little bit of a different thing, but just your prerequisite strength is just the ability to pick up that, that golf club. Um, now we also talk about how golf is a power sport. So I think we should probably, you know, kind of give the difference between those really quickly. So Tim, what is power relative to just strength? Yeah. So then power, you, you were just talking about speed. So how quickly can you move that weight? So yeah. sure you can pick up the club. And then if you were to do, let's say, you know, obviously a golf swing, you're, you're rotating back, your hands are going up somewhere around shoulder height and then coming back down to make impact. So if you can just do that movement, you've got the strength to do it. If you can do it quickly, that's, that's when we're talking about power. How long does it take you to do said movement? Right. Right. And obviously, as we know, the king of distance is clubhead speed and clubhead speed is all determined by how powerful of a swing you can create it's just how fast can you get from point a to point from that club head from point a to point b essentially you know from the top of your backswing and down um and that's kind of our big delineation there so again golfers are power athletes and we're going to train power in the gym but you have to have a certain level of strength to be able to exhibit that power right so strength is great But you're not going to hit the ball very far if you take three seconds to go to your backswing and then you have this really slow downswing. Sure, you have the strength to move the club, but it's not going to go anywhere because you're not producing any speed. So let's get into the fun part about this podcast, and that is why strength matters in golf. Um, Tim, give me your first thing off the top of your head. 
as to why this is such a big deal in the golf world. Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, the, the golf swing is essentially you're using your legs to push into the ground and generate as much force as you can from the ground and then transmit that from the legs through the body, through the arms, into the club and express that that force as club head speed, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically, again, not necessarily a one-to-one, but theoretically, the stronger you are and the more force you're able to put into the ground, the, the more likely you can express that as a faster club head speed. Yeah. That, Easy I mean, as that. I mean, it's just how hard can you push into the ground, which mm-hmm. is the way all that stuff works. If I can push into the ground harder than you, I can probably jump higher pending whatever my weight ends up being. That's why you see some of these like huge guys at the NFL combine that are just these like 290, 300 pound guys that have these huge vertical jumps. They can produce an insane amount of force into the ground. The ground's got to push back on you and up they go. But like Tim said, the, the more we can push into the ground, the more ground reaction force we get, which is basically just if you push, it pushes back. Newton's second law, correct? I think so. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure that's that's Newton's second law. Equal and opposite reaction. But if I can push harder into the ground, which a stronger athlete can, they have a stronger lower half. If I can push down harder, that force gets transmitted through my club to the club head and through the ball. Thus, more bombs. Everybody's happy. Everybody wins. So let's talk a little bit about handling the speed of the golf club. So why does strength matter when it comes to attenuating the force produced when you swing at a pretty fast speed? Yeah, I mean, you think about where you hold the club, right? So you're holding it all the way at the opposite end of where you're making contact with the ball. So you have, what's a standard length? The standard length of a driver is what, like uh, 40 inches? 40 inches-ish. Yeah, Bryson's right around there. It's like 672 inches because <laughs> I think it's something like 43 inches or 42 inches. I don't know what it was. It was long. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's, he's been experimenting. But so you, you know, yes, you can. You might have the strength to pick up that club. You also have to have the strength in, you know, your forearms and the rest of your body to manage that appropriately. And so that 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 weight as it's swinging around you doesn't pull you you know, off balance or, uh, you know, make you lean back or side bend too much. And, um, you know, the stronger you are through the body, the better able you are to, to manage that, that long, long club. If you think picking up a barbell, if you've never tried it before, it's much easier to pick up a barbell in the middle than it is to go to one end and try to pick up the same 45 pound barbell from just the end. Physics. physics so you need you need the amount of strength in the body to counteract the force that's going to be generated by that club that you're swinging around your body as as fast as you can yeah absolutely and the better that is so if you think about your golf swing right it starts at your feet it goes to your hands it goes through the club and then as you come down that force is coming back through again finishing with those hands coming through. And so each segment of your body from your feet to your hips, to your trunk, to your arms, to your hands has to be able to handle the force being transmitted through it. So that whole kinetic chain there has to be able to handle the force 
that's being produced at that club head. And so if it can't, if there's a leak in there somewhere, we'll call it, that's going to make your club head speed suffer because you don't actually have the strength to control the amount of speed you're trying to produce. So the stronger you are, the easier you can handle that amount of speed because it's just a more stable surface to swing from. And that's going to result in a better club head speed most of the time, as long as you can control that. Again, this is not accounting for technique, equipment, things of that nature, which allow us to hit the ball further. But just from a physical standpoint, the stronger you are, the more you can handle a powerful swing, right? You don't see fragile people throwing the javelin, throwing discus, throwing the shot, but fragile people aren't sprinters. They are very strong because they're handling really high forces, which is what golfers are doing. You're swinging a object very fast and the body has to be strong enough to handle that. Not just once, but multiple times throughout the round. Again, maybe you're not swinging at hundred percent, but if you're always swinging at 80, 85%, 75%, the body has to be able to handle that and handle it over time as it fatigues. Being stronger makes a huge difference there. Absolutely. And I think, I think ahead, a great yeah. example of this before we jump to the next, next point is Brant Snedeker, right? So he, yes, yeah. he's had several rib injuries, right? And he does have a, I forget exactly what he has, but I think it's some sort of connective tissue uh, disorder where his, I, I believe that's what it is. Do you know what exactly he has? I don't know. What the, I mean, I could always look it up. I just don't, yeah. it's something along those lines. Yeah. So, so for him, let's say, you know, he, and he never did a lot of training. He, I know he does now, but he had a few years there where he had several rib injuries because that was kind of the weak point in his golf swing. Right. So his legs were relatively strong. His trunk wasn't exactly strong just because his tissues, his ligaments were a little, I believe they're a little more, you know, flexible. It's a bone issue, low bone oh. turnover. Ah, okay. So he actually That's has, why they kept fracturing. Yeah. So he's got some weak bones. So, you know, maybe his hand strength and grip strength are, are good. His leg strength is good, but he's got a weakness in the middle there where, you know, he's going to be more predisposed to these injuries there. So potentially he's got to do something either in his diet or in his training regimen to really make sure his trunk is as strong as possible, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which, and something, something to consider there too is the actual ability to handle force. Mm-hmm. Right. So in his case, if he's got low bone turnover specifically, which is a disorder, there's nothing we can, you know, in the gym where there's things we could do to work on that. But from a genetic predisposition, that's just a tough spot to come from. But again, frail people, if you have a weak bone structure because of not loading it, if your muscles are weaker, they cannot handle the forces produced with the golf swing. And then that can result in injury. Injuries happen when the tissues are taken to a point where that stress is beyond their capacity to handle it. Doesn't matter where that is. I know a lot of people will bend over and they're like, oh my gosh, what just, how did I just hurt my back? Might have just been the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just that one time where the tissues were fatigued and they couldn't handle any more strain. There's a lot of nuance to that, but in a, in a very black and white way, if their tissues can't handle whatever that load is, injury occurs, especially when you think of the golf swing. It's fast, it's rapid, and you're doing it repeated times. Your tissues have to be able to handle that kind of stress. Being strong goes a long way to help that. Absolutely. And it strengthens all the tissues in the body. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're using your muscles to produce force 
in a focused way it, through, you know, your, your gym program, your training program, you're not only forcing your muscles to contract and, and making stronger muscle tissue, you're making your tendons stronger, you're making your bones stronger. I think, uh, Chris Johnson, who's a PT that deals with a lot of runners. He, he's always, uh, citing research that says, you know, the biggest force that is put on bones is the force from your muscles contracting and, and moving your body. So if you can do that over and over, you know, you're making your bones stronger, you're making your muscles stronger, your ligaments, you know, all the tissue in your body. So then, you know, that potential for injury, just bending over or, you know, taking that five iron out of the rough on the 16th hole when you've already swung the club 65 times, uh, you know, you're much less likely to, to hurt something. That's the truth. And that actually, that's a good example of when people will hit it fat. They hit the ground and they're like, oh man, what did I just do to my shoulder? And we'll have an entire podcast that we devote to rotator cuff tears or shoulder pathology and pain and all that. But it's, an, it's important to understand when you're swinging a golf club and you hit something, your muscles are producing speed and then something comes out of nowhere and reverses that. So those muscles just went through this crazy you know, length shorten, and that's a lot of force for them to handle. If they're not super strong, even if they are strong, that can result in some kind of injury. But if they're not strong, it's most certainly more likely that you're going to have a possible injury at that shoulder. That's just a simple example of what strength training can do is mitigate that injury by simply making you stronger. Realize we're not saying mitigate pain. I want to be clear about that. Tim and I are, we'll do an entire podcast. We just had six podcasts we're going to do apparently because I just keep talking about new ones we're going to run. <laughs> but about pain and understanding that pain and tissue damage are not the same thing. And so just because something hurts doesn't mean something is damaged and vice versa. So yes, we're mitigating injury. And by mitigating injury, we mean actually straining a muscle, tendon, ligament, and having the resultant effects from that. So being strong will help mitigate injuries, which means you can play longer, play better, and be happier. Win, 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 win. Mic drop. <laughs> and I think uh, that example you bring up is a great one because sure, the you know hitting the ball fat, putting that extra torque on your arm can totally um, you know, cause injury there. If we take a couple of steps back, sure, maybe you just had a bad swing and you hit it fat, but maybe your legs are getting tired, right? So you're not getting that good leg drive. You're getting a little sloppier with your swing and that causes you to lean one way or the other and then you're hitting the ball fat. So, you know, potentially you've got a strong shoulder. You're, you're, the rest of your body is getting a little more tired at a certain point in the round and boom, there you go. You've got, you know, you've, you've got a shoulder injury. Absolutely. And again, the word nuance has to come to mind just because you are strong does not mean you're not going to be injured. Totally. Right. Just because you're strong doesn't mean you're not going to have pain. Power lifters are the strongest people ever and they still have pain, right? There, there's a lot that goes on to it. Your mobility plays a role. Your strength plays a role. Your power plays a role. Your conditioning plays a role. If you're tired, your, your tissues can't handle as much as they might normally be able to. That all plays a role. And so it's not this one size fits all of if you're strong, you're never going to have issues again. Uh, that's a silly statement. A lot of people will say something along those lines. Like if, 
if you sleep on your stomach, you're going to have issues with X, Y, Z. Those things are, those absolutist statements are ridiculous from the get-go. And so understand that strength isn't going to solve all of your back problems or issues in the world, but it's certainly not going to hurt and it's only going to help. And it's important for you as a whole. We can talk about that a little bit too, is why it's so important for you to be strong in life, which I think is, it makes complete sense, but sometimes it needs to be explained a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems self-evident, right? If you're stronger, if your tissues in your body can handle more stress, more strain, it's less likely that you're going to run into that scenario where the the force or the situation produces a you know a certain amount of torque or force that you can't that you can't you know absolutely so I agree completely I mean, stronger people and, just do better they do they're harder to kill they they uh, can handle more and you know then it. it also goes along with, you know, everything else that comes with exercise, right? So it helps you as far as your mental health goes and just uh, can help you with your routine to, you know, either start or end your day and and help you have that good regular schedule and routine. Um, you know, you feel better because you're, you're stronger, you're getting the blood flowing through your whole body, you're, you know, you're not... Uh, you don't feel bad about sitting on the couch for four days in a row. It's it, there's, there's so many benefits that, that come with it aside from, you know, stronger muscles, more tone uh, and, right. and that stuff. I think the mental side, the confidence side to me is one of the biggest things. I think it's great to see a client come in who's they may maybe worked out a few times in their life, um, but nothing major. And then they start weight training or they start resistance training. And their confidence in every aspect of their life just improves. They're more confident at work. They're more confident with their family. They're more confident in themselves just to do things. Uh, I mean, I've seen that especially with younger people. When you talk about like teenage boys and girls who just start weight training, the change in their mindset is so palpable because they're confident. They're like, yeah, I'm strong. I can, I can produce force. I can work. I've got a girl I'm about to start working with and she's young. She's south of 15 years old and big golfer wants to get into it, wants to be great. And one of her goals is I just want to have more muscular legs. I want to have stronger legs. And it's just a cool thing to hear that because they want that. There's, there's confidence in that. My little sister is another good example. Like she started working out and she's like, Oh, I'm deadlifting this now and I can pick up this. And it's just, so much confidence exuded there. And I think people should really embrace it. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, when I've got an old person that all of a sudden is like, oh my gosh, I can pick up 15 pounds from the ground again. That's a yeah. huge milestone for some people. Huge. Absolutely. I, I remember a woman I worked with had a total knee replacement and she, uh, she did really well. She got, she got into, she, at first she was like, I'm not going to do these exercises. And then she felt better <laughs> and she did them. And I remember her saying on Thanksgiving, uh, you know, the whole family sitting on the couch, uh, watching football or whatever they're watching. And usually everyone that was next to her had to get up so she could slide down the couch and then use the arm of the chair to really push up and stand up. And right. she said that year, uh, you know, her, she started to go to get up, lean forward and get up. And her grandkids said, Oh, Nana, you know, let me get out of the way. Come on down, come on down. She said, no, 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 watch this. 
and she just stood up. She didn't push with her arm. She didn't put her hands on her legs. She just stood yeah. up like that. And she had this yeah. smile ear to ear. And it was just awesome to hear. She was like, I, you know, I can do it. They all looked at me like, oh, my gosh. Wow. This, it's just awesome. Unheard of. How? how? Impossible. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Anybody gets that movie reference, I might send you a T-shirt. Oh. So... Yes, getting strong makes a huge difference in your life. Again, you can produce more ground reaction force. You can attenuate those forces, which can help mitigate injuries. And as a whole, it's just going to make you a healthier, happier person. The stronger you are, the more confident you are. And again, you can mitigate a lot of these things that make you not be able to play golf. Injuries keep people off the course all the time. People experience back pain and shoulder pain constantly. A lot, most people, or too many, I'll put was it like a third, experience back pain after every round of golf higher than that it's a it's almost 50 percent. i think it's like 45 percent. yeah that's insane that's super high and a lot of that is i think as a whole the golf community is undertrained. they're deconditioned they don't do a lot i think relative to other sports it's one of the lower places like tennis players are in much better shape now they probably are still suffering also from not getting in the gym as much just like everybody is but from a physical activity standpoint, you know, even though golfers are always like, yeah, well, I'm walking the course three days a week. That's fantastic. You're still below what we need you to do to optimize your ability to play for a long time. Right? We're still missing out on the I mean, that's why you've seen cyclists, marathon runners. They don't just do those things anymore. They're in the gym. They're weight training because now we have all this great data showing you're only going to get better if you are stronger in your sport or stronger for your sport, so to speak. So, Absolutely. you know, a marathon runner is not getting better at running in the gym, but they're getting a better body. They're building a better frame with more resilient tissues, which makes them a better runner because they can do it for longer. They can do it with better endurance and their bones are strong. There's just so much benefit to it. Golf is the exact same thing. The stronger we can make you, the more we can mitigate some of this nonsense that happens and kind of roll from there. So. Exactly. Exactly. Tim, what else? I, I think my parting words are, this is a tough mental hurdle for some people to get over. But mm. yes, you you get better at playing golf by playing more golf. And the, yes. way, the way to playing more golf is to do something during the week or when you can find the time to strengthen your body, make it more resilient, mm. and make it able to play more golf. Because that's what we all want, right? That was philosophical right there. It's, I was inspired by the fireworks last night. Absolutely inspired. Socrates over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So at the end of the day, golfers, you need to be strong. As for golf and for life, you need to be strong. Understand that your training, strength training doesn't have to be complex. We don't have to use these barbells and all of these crazy things. We just have to get you pushing against the resistance that's making your tissues adapt so that you can become stronger. It's good for you. It is safe for you to do a lot safer than being sedentary, right? So understand that we want you to play for a long time. Golf is a game of longevity and consistency to do that. Strength training is only going to help you sitting on your ass is only going to hurt you. So get in the gym, get strong. Be monsters. That's it. Be monsters. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Uh, as always, if you guys need help with anything or you're curious about how you can get in the gym and working out and how to do that for golf, send him a message, send myself a message, let us know what you think, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. I know we're new in this podcast, YouTube world, but we'll figure it out. Follow us on social, uh, at jackson.anchorforge and at T Rivoto. That's T R I V O T T O dot golf. He is the man, the myth, the legend himself. Tim, parting words. No, always a pleasure. Get out there. Always a a pleasure. Get out there. Get strong. Play golf. Live better. We'll see y'all. Peace.